0: Welcome back to another great episode of Dan on Top. I'm your host, Dan Lukowitz, and today we have with us Susie Sevier, the co-founder of Adventurous Real Estate Investors. Susie, how you doing?
1: I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me on, Dan. How are you?
0: Hey, I'm doing great as well. I really appreciate it. This is going to be a lot of fun. Thanks for taking the time out of your day to join us and provide value to our viewers.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I can't
0: wait. So, before we get into all the goodness of what you do, I wanna know who you are. So, tell our viewers, who is Susie Sevier?
1: Yeah, thanks so much for asking. So, I, to start, am a mill spouse. So, with being a mill spouse, I actually live over in Cambridge, England. And so, on this side of the pond, I am a program manager. For a biotech company that is based in Cambridge and then also based in the US. And I currently work for the supply chain market or supply chain um, group. And so that's been a lot of fun. And that's what I do along with real estate investing.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So, you know, a lot of people like to invest in, in their farm area, you know, in their backyard or at least somewhere that they can get to or drive to within maybe 30 minutes or an hour. Sounds like that is not at all the case for you.
1: No, not at all. I'm almost, I think a little over 4,000 miles away. And so that's definitely been an experience in itself.
0: (laughs) Wow. Wow. So back it up a little bit. Tell us how you got your start in investing from overseas.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So Like my story is not the traditional, you know, my family was in real estate investing or I read that little purple book. Um, (laughs) Actually, when COVID and 19 and the lockdowns happened, we didn't know how long they would last at first. And so because of that, actually, Michael, who's my husband and I started a mini book club. And one of the books was multiple streams of income. And when it got into real estate investing, Michael just looked at me, he's like, we got to do this. And I was like, okay, so you know, that was really the end. And then from there, it was like, the education and the podcast and finding the meetups, you know, just to figure out what really worked best for us from all the way over here.
0: Wow, okay. So tell me a little bit more about the, the types of investing and types of projects that you guys are involved in.
1: Yeah, so initially... Actually, because it all kind of ties in. We were going to do single-family burrs because that's what you learn about, right? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of people say like single-family, single-family. Try that before you get into multifamily.
0: And and And, by the way, I apologize to interrupt, but just for anybody watching this, a burr is just a a nice way of uh, sounding out an acronym, which is buy, renovate, rent refinance and the the key there is that when you buy the property you're buying it right you're renovating it you're renting it and then at the time that you refinance you're able to cash flow pull out a lot of your equity there and and have a property that that's you know bringing in significantly more than than the mortgage uh, you know cost so sorry just wanted to throw that out there but go ahead and continue
1: No yeah thanks so much for doing that and like we had set up a team and everything right so like we had those systems and processes down but the market that we were gonna invest in was in the Midwest. And what happened was an inland hurricane went through and we were Mm. like, whoa, what do we do now, right? And initially we were gonna have 25 single family homes, sell them and then 1031 them into a multifamily property, you know, so that you don't have that capital gains tax. But what we decided was we can go straight into multifamily. So why don't we just do that now? And so what we are involved in is multifamily syndications.
0: Oh, very nice. Okay, so you're actually raising capital, you're finding deals, you're putting the capital together with the deal, and then you're managing everything. Is that what I'm understanding?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So Michael and I have been the lead sponsors from over here just because when we jumped in, we actually didn't know how it would all work, right? I mean, that's usually what happens with most people. And so we learned the broker relations side and the acquisition Mm -hmm. side and investor relations and marketing, just because like we knew that the only thing we could not do from over here was physically be the boots on the ground. So we said to ourselves, like, if we learn everything else, then we have a pretty good chance in succeeding, right? And so that's exactly how we took that approach.
0: So how do you stay connected and manage those investor relations? I assume that your investors are also not on, you know, as you say, your side of the lake.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely, they're not. And what it was, was like a lot of consistency. So it was showing up in the space and being there when they had questions, you know? Cause right away we found out that our friends and family were not going to be the ones investing with us. So mm-hmm. we had to start brand new. And so with that, like I said, it was being very consistent, right? So when somebody like at the end of a call had said like, oh, I'd love to learn more about this, we made an introduction. Or if somebody had said like, oh, do you know any meetups that are like this, you know, and saying, oh, yeah, I'll email you that after the call, it was literally doing what we said we were going to do. Yes, you know. That's but huge. Always, Yeah, it is huge because like that little thing just grows so much trust, right? That uh-huh. little bit that just it's, it feels like it's the extra mile now at this point, because so many people don't do it anymore, which is pretty unfortunate, but it was just being consistent and showing up and showing these people that like, we do like care about you. Right. Cause this is a big deal. Like having somebody like, I don't want to say give, but like take a chance on you with Mm -hmm. their money, you know, because for some people it can be their money that's in their whole entire 401k or it could be money that they have just saved. And so to show like, no, I care about you. I care about your goals. I care about everything else that's going on with you. Like this is why that's important. And so that's really just showing up.
0: Absolutely. It sounds like you made yourself a resource and you provided value. And then I love what you said. The bottom line is, you just always made sure to do what you said you were going to do. And I know when I first came into the industry, someone who I respected told me that. He said, What'll set you apart from other people is if you always do what you say you're going to do. And it sounds so simple, but it is so profound and it does set you apart. So I'm glad that you mentioned that. So, yeah, absolutely. I, I, go ahead.
1: No, I was just going to add like, absolutely. and I mean, I even see that with you all the time, right? Like with introductions and like with everything that you're doing, like on social media and getting out there, like with the interactions that we had, like it's very like quick and at it. And like, I've never had an opportunity like with you where like I've asked and you just like fell off the radar, right? Like you've always been there. So I do really appreciate that about you as well.
0: Yeah. Hey, thank you. It's, it's my pleasure. That's how, you know, I want to make sure that I'm providing value to people and you know, that's, it's, it's just so important. I believe in it so much. So, you know, I'm, I'm really curious because like my experience in real estate investing is literally in my backyard um, with my own homes. Right. And with, with, with homes that are very close by to where I live. You know, I remember renovating properties that were 25 minutes away and just like, Oh man, it's so hard to get there. You're doing it from, from thousands of miles away. So I'd love to hear some advice that you have for investors who are considering doing overseas investments.
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So, I mean, I think the first thing that I would, the first piece of advice is to like, make sure that the team that you have in place is like the team that you can count on, the team that you can trust. Like, don't just build a team because you wanna get a deal right away, right? Because Mm -hmm. if you get that deal and the team fails because the connection isn't there, right? And you're butting heads or you don't have those systems and processes in order, like that is the number one thing you can focus on. Like whatever your strengths and weaknesses are, like make sure that those are compatible with others and make sure that like it goes beyond, right? Just the people on your team, make sure that's the same with your property manager. Make sure that's the same with, you know, like even your brokers, you want to make sure that you like create a balance and a lot of alignment. And I know that sounds like a lot, you know, like well, how do I create this team and how do I do that? But like through the networking and through the connections that you're making, like you will find those people. And, sure. Like having that patience to be able to find the right people on your team is worth it in the long run, right? Because like there's just so much less stress and there's so much more alignment.
0: Sure, yeah, that makes total sense. So I'm a little curious, you know, since the, since you're overseas, I understand investor relations. We talked a lot about, but what about sourcing of properties? and managing the renovations, and just overseeing the day-to-day, since you can't physically have those boots on the ground, how do you go about outsourcing those aspects of the process?
1: No, oh, yeah, that's a great question. So, like, one thing that we did was, like, beyond our traditional, like, because somebody on our team is in the area, right? Like, he can easily drive there, but he doesn't know everything about how to run an apartment, you know, and not a lot of people do. So we actually interviewed like quite a few property management companies to make sure that we were like, that we found the one that we were having conversations with instead of getting the traditional, yes, we can raise the rents that high. Yes, we can Mm -hmm. add this fee. Like, yes, yes, yes. Like I don't want like a yes man or woman. Like I want somebody who will collaborate with me. And so, That's really how we did it, right? And with our specific property, actually, the CEO said, like, I want to make sure I have somebody on the team who can handle this. Like, a lot of times, like, you just get assigned a property and you hope for the best, you know? Mm -hmm. But, like, initially we had someone... And the CEO just pulled them out and they were like, you know, I think you should work on a different property, but I think this person would do way better for you and your team. And that's really what worked for us was that like the CEO was very diligent in her thinking and being like, okay, I think this person can handle this type of value add situation. And so like, even for your listeners, um, like depending on how much renovations have to be done, like I guess categorizes like if it's distressed or if there's a value add or if they're like a class A property, right? Like you don't have a lot of renovations mm-hmm. there. So we picked something in the middle so okay. that we could feel that there was less risk involved, right? Because with a distressed property, there is so much that you have to do and there's yeah. so potentially way more. And so we were like, okay, let's take one step of that stress away and just like bump it up to a value add so that we know that it's not heavy and it's not something that we would have to stress over like every night and day, especially from being over here.
0: Yeah, that makes, you know, a lot of sense. I definitely would agree with you on that. So, Susie, what would you say is the number one thing that's contributed to your success as an investor?
1: No, that's a great question. Thank you so much for asking. And it's really being consistent or being like 1% better every day, right? Cuz it's a compounding effect. Like and no matter that can mean so many things for different people, but you know like waking up every day like a little bit earlier, you know, you can start with 5 mm-hmm. minutes, you can start with 10 minutes, like but just making that habit of like adding that extra 10 minutes to bust out you know potentially even two more emails and just showing up in the space and telling cuz it's really uncomfortable at first, right? Like if you're brand new to the space, like the education part is definitely lacking. You don't understand all the terms, right? Like Mm -hmm. I remember the first time I went to a meetup and half the things I didn't even understand what they were talking about. But like (laughs) right there, that was motivation. It's like, okay, I need to read more books or I need to keep showing up because the more I hear these terms, the more I'm going to understand like how they're used in this context, you know? And so it was really like just telling myself that like, one I need to be one percent better every single day that's really what like propelled me forward in in this journey because it is hard. you know it's starting all over like being an entrepreneur is not easy you know like until you get a hang of it like but it's taking those risks and wanting to take those risks and knowing that those risks make you a better person
0: I love that yeah one percent better it's it's so important, and that idea of persistence I think that a lot of people have this you know preconceived notion that entrepreneurs like have this like magic book and they're able to just you know get up one day and, and pull it out and know what to do and then the next day they pull it out and they do different things and this day is different that you know there is. There is, you know, uh, in some sense there's excitement and there's new things. but, But really what most successful people have been able to do is to come up with systems, to come up with procedures, to come up with things that work, and then just stick to it, right? Just go with it and do the same thing over and over and over again. And that's what I believe, you know, breeds massive success is figuring out how to do things and then just sticking to that plan, having that persistence like you had mentioned before. So, look, you've got an interesting background. You've had a lot of experience. I'd really like to know if you know, knowing everything that you know now, if you could go back in time to, let's say, 10, 15 years ago, what advice would you give yourself, or what would you do differently?
1: Yeah, think the advice I would give myself is like, we all have to pay bills that'll never go away, but like use your extra money to buy an asset that will pay your bills for you, because then you can propel your growth like immensely, right? Like just finding a different way. It's the, it's the same money, just find a way for it to work for you.
0: Yeah, I love it. That's that is great and I think that you know, if people are able to invest in things that can give them passive income and that can help give them a lifestyle of freedom, right? Can free them from having to pay their bills. Like you said, you're always going to have to pay the bills, but if you have an asset or you have an investment that's going to help you pay those bills, mm-hmm. that's just a, a, you know a lot more freedom. So I definitely I appreciate that. That definitely resonates. So I want to say, I want to just ask you also, I know you gave a lot of good advice so far, but if we could boil it down and if people are just going to tune in for for the next 60 seconds, I want to know the top three pieces of advice you would give them.
1: Yeah, so I think the first one is, like, figure out your end goal. And that would be, like, where do you want to be financially where do you want to be in your life like do you actually want to leave your traditional job right so that's one your second one would be like find out your why and you want to find out your why because then that will drive you to that end goal it'll be the reason why you wake up in the morning and you stay up later at night and then the third one is to actually take action like don't get stuck in analysis paralysis don't get stuck saying to yourself, "I will do this tomorrow." Like, continue to take the action because the action is what brings the results.
0: There you go. I love it. Figure out your end goal, find your why, and take action. I, I can listen. We're approaching a hundred episodes of this show, and I've interviewed some incredibly successful people, and it's it's awesome to, from my perspective to hear this overlap when I ask that question. One of the most common responses is that third response, which is take action. Don't get stuck in analysis paralysis. Take action. We control the inputs, and that's how you'll see success. So I, I just love hearing it over and over again. It never gets old because it's a key to success, frankly. So listen, Susie, really appreciate your time. You've added some tremendous value. We've got a little over a minute left. I'm going to turn the tables on you, okay? Do you have any questions for me?
1: Yeah, actually, what was your first step like, to get towards all of this, right? Because we talked about taking action. Like, What was the first piece of action you took?
0: Uh, The first piece of action that I took was buying my first home. Um, you know, I had an opportunity to buy a home for myself and my family, and I was looking at things that were you know, 100% move-in ready at X price. This was in the middle of the recession. And I, I noticed that there was a bank-owned asset one, pro- one street over. So, I contacted the bank, I bought the property, I did all of the renovation myself by subcontracting it out, and I, just, I-, I took that action, I jumped in, and I wasn't afraid to, to learn. You know, I wasn't afraid of the unknown, I wasn't afraid to grow. And that really catapulted me into my career of real estate investing.
1: No, I love it. Like Because even in the middle of a recession, that's hard for people to do. So that's awesome that you like, got past that fear.
0: Absolutely. Well, hey, Susie, thank you so much for joining us. This has been another great episode of Dan on Top. Really appreciate you taking the time.
1: Yeah, no, thank you for having me on. It's been a pleasure.
0: Absolutely. Well, hey, I'm Dan Lukowitz. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll look forward to seeing you soon.